Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, what's up, Blazer fans? Welcome to the Blazer's Edge podcast, part of the Almighty Baller Radio Network. You can find us on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts or whatever you get your podcasts. I'm Tara, and I am joined, as always, by Danny Meringue. Hey, Danny. You just got to work Danny in there now. I just, I, I've leaned into this so far that it's showing up on the bottom third on TV now. So, yay! I think you seem like a Danny. I, I was a Danny, then I was a Dan, and then Gulliver brought Danny back, and it's just not dying. So, we're, I'm, I'm, I'm fully embracing it now. Would you like me to start again and call you Dan? No, no, we're good. <laughs> I just like to have fun with it. I just like to have fun with it now. I'm fine. <laughs> Well, in addition to Dan, we have a special guest with us today. Corbin Smith is a writer, editor, podcaster. His writing has appeared in Vice Sports and the Willamette Week. And his podcast, Take It or Break It, is the sports take game show of your dreams or nightmares. Nightmares. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Corbin. Your nightmares. Did I get that right? Dan, yes. Yeah, yeah, it's Corbin. What? Uh, Daniel, Tara. Oh, Daniel. Uh, Dan, what is your middle name, actually? It's Paul. Is it Daniel? It would be cool if it was Dan. If it was Daniel, though, because then I could go with like Danny Daniel or Dan Daniel. Wait, it's Paul. It's Paul. That's Paul D A U L. Yep. All right. Hmm. Well, next time you're in trouble. Good just Protestant. Watch out. Oh, Daniel Paul. Oh, you're going. You're going full government on it. That's right. Well, anyway, how are you guys doing tonight? <laughs> no. Uh, dream. I'm pretty good. I, uh, me and uh, me and uh, my SO, we had dinner over at Bollywood Theater. And oh, you, nice. And you got to work on a crossword puzzle. Yeah, we were, when we were doing a crossword puzzle, I was a little late to the recording because I was working on a podcast, a crossword puzzle. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm really super professional. It's all very true. Uh, we're I will glad say, to have you here. Go ahead. I will say I was um, I didn't I forgot to bring athletic shorts. I'm at my I'm at my SO's house, not to brag or anything. And uh, and I and I really like want a pair of athletic shorts right now, and I don't have any. And that's like a feeling that I'm not 100 percent comfortable with. Like because you're just, talking about sports, is that why you want to have athletic? Yeah, that shorts? too. That too. But it's just like 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 right now in my mindset, my ideal garment is a pair of athletic shorts. And I don't have access to those, and it's frustrating me just like a little bit. <laughs> is it going to bug you all night? Do we need to pause so you can go to Fred Myers and pick up some? No, 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 no. Okay. No, no, no. I think because we want fun. you to be comfortable. Certainly, I you know I, I've I've got some long johns on. I think we're going to be good. Okay. I don't know, man. Restri- okay. Restrictive clothing leads to restrictive takes. 
<laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna dive into it here. So, uh, Corbin, you had a a really interesting article, an article that will be of interest to Blazer fans in the Willamette Week this week. Um, it's in your blue box right now. Go down there, pick it up. <laughs> and why don't you? Can you summarize uh, what the what the feature was about for folks uh, who maybe haven't read it yet? Yeah, I um, you know, sitting uh, here. Uh, and, you know, I live in Vancouver, Washington, uh, and I uh, have basically all my life. And I, you know, I went to like Evergreen State College and I've basically, you know, I feel like for most of my teenhood, I've seen pot go from something that everybody I knew used in some degree to something that was legal and available at corners and to which it kind of seems like the biggest social problem that's cropped out of it is that occasionally you see pot litter on the street um, to, and as hard. And I was sort of thinking about um, the jailblazers era, sort of 2006 to 2003 ish, you know, whenever Rashid got traded as I suppose when that ended all together. Um, and it was, and I sort of, remembered had sort of vague memories of sort of a lot of the problems people had with a lot of those dudes being that they like to use marijuana. Um, uh, Rashid in particular, uh, obviously, uh, Damon Stoudemire, uh, uh, was famously, uh, uh, dragooned into taking a urine test by John Cazzano. Uh, and so what I wanted to do was, uh, sort of look back at the articles that people wrote around that time speak to some of the reporters uh, about all that stuff and um, try to sort of uh, look back on the, on how people treated the jail blazers kind of era from the perspective of sitting and looking at it from a, um, uh, you know, from in a world where pot use is so in a world where pot use is just so common that it's, um, it's like completely not a big deal. I don't think to most people who live in the Pacific Northwest. I'm like now the entire West coast, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so were you motivated to write it now because pot is now legal and you wanted to look at yeah, it, yeah, yeah. take yeah, a second yeah. look at it. And not, I mean, not only legal, but like something that I think a lot of people do like, mm-hmm. like a lot of adults just sort of do, um, uh, and I just felt like the sort of place where columnists, especially, and writers and commentators were coming from during that time, I thought it came from such a crazily heated place. And I felt like observing that and sort of trying to put that into the context of now uh, would be uh, worth my time. So you went back and read the type, yeah, read yeah, the yeah. things that folks were writing about the team at that time, and then you went back and talked to some of those same people. Yeah, because some of those same people the... are covering them still. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dwight uh, James, who's on CSNNW, uh, along with uh, Dan. Oh, jeez. Um, uh, was uh, <laughs> was um, he was. Um, he was writing about this stuff in 1996. Like, like the term jailblazers was actually coined by Willamette Week, weirdly enough. Uh, but like, uh, James was writing stuff about like uh, players getting pulled over with pot and writing kind of overheated columns about it. Like, like even months before anybody put together 
uh, replacing a T with a J. Uh, and, um, uh, yeah, and I talked to Kanzano, who's actually um, wasn't really there for a lot of the first parts of it, but who semi-legendarily uh, dragooned uh, Damon Stoudemire into taking a piss test. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, to uh, uh, to prove that he was not smoking pot, he passed the test. And Kanzano, it should be noted, wrote a wrote a nice column about him after he passed the test. test. Um, going back and uh, talking to them about, uh, I talked to Quick too. It didn't make the story. I, I felt kind of bad. J- Jason Jason gave me a, a lot of interesting material I wasn't able to use, but um, uh. Yeah, and so yeah, and they all still cover stuff here. And uh, some other people went on to bigger stuff. Colin Coward uh, uh, was working in Portland at the time, and um, another fella who's Vessi, Peter Vessi, I think, uh, who's sort of a national writer now. Um, yeah, so I was just going back looking at all that stuff. Actually, well, yeah, but anyway. Did you learn? What did you learn that you didn't know before? Um. Oh golly, what did I learn that I didn't know before? Um, you know, um, I didn't know how much earlier a lot of this talk started than mm-hmm. I thought. Like I sort of associate it with, you know, piss test times and sort of Rashid. Um, uh, uh, do you mind if I curse? Uh, we ha- we can't curse. We're, we're we are okay. a, a PG PG podcast. I apologize. Uh, Thanks for letting me be the bad guy, Dan, in that one. Yeah, come on, <laughs> hey, I'm just sitting here. I'm, I'm letting it roll. I mean, I, I, I can, I can edit if one. You know, um, and I, but you know, people uh, love to talk about Rashid because, in part, because Rashid, for his whole career, just loathed reporters, <laughs> and, uh, 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 and, um, uh, but uh, like a lot of that stuff started early. Like, uh, like um, Cliff Robinson got popped in 1996. Um, he had paintball guns in his car and James wrote a very harsh uh, column about it where he said, like, this is like a group of guys you would want if you were uh, starting a nightclub and things of that nature. Um, yeah, I found out it started a lot earlier. I when I started to go into the story, um, some of Willamette Week's editorial told me that they coined the term. Um, mm-hmm. But I when they said that, I thought, oh, I'll bet you that was just flippant stuff. But. Actually, the thing Willamette Reek wrote about it was uh, pretty heinous. Uh, mm-hmm. It like it like it like took a bunch of players, including Wallace, uh, including dudes who didn't really do anything, and it sort of like put them in like jail lineups, and it just like jail blazes across the thing. It's pretty heinous stuff. I don't. It's not the kind of thing I think could work today. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I. Z- Spent some time. One of the things that happened is that um, around the time, I don't know if this is continuing to answer your question. Do you mind if I say it anyway? No, go ahead. Um, I, so, um, something that I didn't make the article that I thought that was something that I thought the ideology around it sort of hinged on for me is that around the time uh, Wallace and Stoudemire got popped in uh washington i I think around kalama if i remember correctly um for possession and they were both just like blazed out of their mind and their driver wasn't or anything um around that time like within a week or two um 
uh, Ruben Patterson um, got arrested, I think, um, for a, a domestic violence incident that was actually pretty heinous. And it was interesting to read stuff that the nature, so like the nature of speaking as a sports writer, like sort of the nature of writing sports columns on a certain level is that you take two things that are happening and you string them together. You know what I mean? Like you, you sort of make connections to reveal things about things and going back and reading them sort of reading columnists. I think I'm referring to Kanzano right now. I honestly, I, and I, maybe I'm not though. I think John showed up a little bit after that. I'm relatively sure John showed up a little bit after that. So I don't want to be unfair to John, even though, uh, who was, who was actually very nice. Um, uh, but, um, whoever was working that beat, you'll have to forgive me for completely not remembering. Like he wrote a column where he strings together domestic violence with basically like comical marijuana use and sort of doesn't, take the time to differentiate between the heinous morality and like sickness at, uh, at the core of one. And like, what's fundamentally just like a funny, dumb thing that happened on the other, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, because I, yeah, because I don't want to sit here and act like, uh, the organization maybe didn't have a problem with not caring about, um, um, I don't want to say character because I'm not a blowhard, but um, guys who didn't occasionally run afoul of the law, or who um, uh, the, these the guys who aren't Boy Scouts or whatever, and I think not. The guys who aren't Boy Scouts are fine. I love them as long as they're not, you know, bad people. Um, and, and Ruben Patterson was for all intents and purposes, like a bad dude. Mm -hmm. Um, but his bad dudedness gets lumped in with just pot use. And I, I thought it was super gross. And I, Mm -hmm. and I think that if there's something to be taken from that time, it's that when we think about the way athletes or any public figure or any person behaves, like you need to scale these things out. Uh, and sort of and sort of have an understanding that um, something that benign could end up, let's just say theoretically, be legal in 12 years, and something else could continue to be sort of heinous and gross uh, mm-hmm. to this day. Well, it was it was a really interesting article, and it's something that I've chewed on for a long time of, you know, uh, what would it be like to revisit what we know about what was going on those days versus, you know, what we've learned about ourselves as a society, ways that we've tried to change things, ways ways that uh, reforms have slowly started to come into this system. I just think it's a, I thought it was an interesting look um, at how, how things were then and what you've reflected on what you learned about it. I, th- yeah. I think everybody I think if should a player got give it. Everybody should read for, it. Yeah. If a player got suspended for pot use today, I think that the, by and large, the reaction from the trailblazers fan base would be who cares? It's legal here. The league is being dumb. Right. right? Is that, is that a crazy thing to say? 
Yeah, I, I think that seems reasonable. And they would, I, they I, would I, be able to differentiate it from yeah. somebody committing an act of violence against yeah, exactly. somebody else. Yeah, I, we I would, mean, we I think the league there's is, differences. The league is a general, in, in general, I think, will go that way to where they we won't test for it here pretty soon. It kind of, you know, we don't, yeah, we don't, I don't, I think it's part of me. The federal part like, of it it's is hard the hangout. Yeah, but it's hard not to notice how few dudes are getting marijuana suspensions right now and not think that the league has kind of on the low stopped caring about they're, it. They're treating it like the NFL does as far as testing. It's, it's, it's basically, you know, a, an intelligence test. Hey, it's coming in on this exact day in three months. Don't get hit. And they do it once a year. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's how the NFL treats it. Like just yeah, and just, I mean, just really, be clean for a month. The NBA, yeah, realistically, the NBA should just say we don't care. <laughs> like, yeah. the, like hockey doesn't care. Um, uh, so just I, it's dumb. Anyway, hopefully it'll be legal everywhere. Soon, no, that's what I'm saying. So. On, the, on the federal level, I, I think the NBA, I think all of the, the, the sports organizations will continue to have it in their bylaws and as a part of their CBA as long as it's hanging there federally. Like once it's changed I mean, at that I mean, level, I, will I say think the, it goes N- away. the NHL generally does not have a policy anymore. They do not care if you smoke weed in the NHL. You know what the it's, NHL also does? They uh, they let their televi- players fight. <laughs> their they do let well, their no, they they televise their All Star draft. <laughs> yeah, come on. They who would have thought, thought the <laughs> NHL was doing things right? They let their players fight. They televise the All Star draft. They don't yeah, care about watches the their game. So. We're gonna turn. We should turn this I, into I a hockey right podcast, Dan. What do you say? <laughs> we'll just, yeah. just call just call it uh, Razor's Edge. That's actually whenever whenever three white people talk to each other and it gets recorded. That's technically <laughs> that's, called that's a hockey a podcast. Hockey podcast. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's well, called. I want to I want to move on to, uh, to to the next topic. Thank you for Corbin for talking about that one. I thought it was very interesting, and we'll link to that. So if folks want to read up on what you wrote, I think it's definitely worth the time. Um, but I came up with an idea of what we, what we were gonna. I wasn't sure what I was gonna do with you two tonight, really. Um, <laughs> I decided that uh, you know how they say imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. I decided to use your format uh, for your podcast tonight on our podcast. So I am sincerely flattering you, Corbin, by uh, stealing your format. And Blushing. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to, I'll tweak it a little bit, but basically your format is about sports takes. And so you uh, have your guests give you takes and then you uh, rank them or you give them points based on how much you like your takes. I so do. tonight we're going to do very similar. I'm going to give you some questions to discuss and I will rate you on whether or not I like your answers. Good. And I'll give you guys I, both a chance I, I to cannot talk wait about to beat Dan. <laughs> I have so a feeling I'm like this is rigged in your favor, no matter what how how this goes. I don't know. I have no idea who's going to win this, but I'm and I'm not, not quite even sure how like the scoring is going to work. But here's what we're going to do: if I don't like what you have to say or I disagree, you're going to get a Mesri sl- flop. And if I do like what you say, I'm going to award you a motivating Nurkic punch to the face. So you're either going to get a Mesri flop or a Nurkic punch to the face based on whether or not I like what you said. My dear, my dear, my dear, sweet boy, Yusuf Nurkic. <laughs> and then we'll add him up at the end. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not like advocating violence. I'm saying this is the, the motivating kind. You oh, know, I he am. gets popped in the nose and then he plays really well oh, for yeah, the rest yeah, of the yeah, game. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. You're so yeah, any questions? No, I'm good. You're the one with the questions. All right. Here's the first one. 
Will Damian Lillard be selected as an all-star and who is most likely to pick him for his team, LeBron or Steph? Dan, would you like to start? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll take this one. I, I said this like what, two weeks ago or so. I had Dame pegged like 80% for making the all-star game. Uh, I think that's gone up. I think it's almost assured. And the fact that like there's a slight that it's possible out there and Lou Williams, I think, makes it all the more assured. I, I just don't think they can do it. I mean, three three years in a row is, yeah, that's, if they do it, if the coaches do it and give it to Lou Williams, then they might, for the first time in a while, like have a legitimate gripe about uh, being disrespected around the league. Uh, as far as who's drafting him, it, it ain't going to be Steph. It'll be LeBron. There's just, no, I, I, I honestly, I, I hope Steph, like, the, passes on him like multiple times just so Dame has like even more wood on the fire because being passed over by his hometown guy in Oakland um, and then LeBron that just the 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 fact that he could take an, a Western Conference point guard that's kind of a Steph Curry player and, and put him up against him I think that'd be I think that'd be the most interesting way to go plus we you know it'd, it'd be every Portland fans dream to see Dame play alongside LeBron mm. yeah well, in a coming. Portland uniform. He's yeah. coming, baby. <laughs> he loves Terry. He loves Terry, I guess. I don't know. Okay, uh, Corbin, what is your what is your answer to that question? I have a hard time believing Willard won't make the All-Star game this year. Okay. Uh, I listened to the Starters podcast the other day, mm-hmm. and they all said Lillard should make it. It seems like the, the it seems like people at least know enough to know that he should make it over Lou, Lewis Williams, uh, the guys on NBA TV, you know, there were they're those guys and all the guys on TNT both had somebody else ahead of Dame. Who pick? Who picks again? Coaches? Yeah, this, this, this is down to the coaches now. Like, you, I don't think coaches would pick Williams. Like, I out, think, outside I think of Doc Williams. Rivers, who's picking Lou Williams? Yeah, <laughs> I think. Yeah, and Doc can't pick him right because they can't pick their own players. Oh, that's right. So, so who is oh, yeah. who is Lou played for that? Like their coaches, their former coaches there would love them, love him still. Yeah, I probably no one. Yeah, <laughs> I think. So, uh, do you play with Adelman? I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> LeBron or Steph? Who's gonna choose? Who's gonna choose him? You know, part of me wants to. You know what? I'm gonna. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm not gonna be like Dan. I'm gonna. I'm gonna assume man's better nature. I think Steph Curry has competed against Lillard and has a healthy respect for him. And I think that he understands uh, this, the, the spirit and the skill that guy is bringing to the team. I think, uh, I think Steph Curry is going to pick him, you know, I'm not, okay. you know, I'm not here to assume the worst about people. Mm-hmm. That's and what I'm so, here for. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I just think, I think, uh, I think, uh, I think uh, Steph will be like, yeah, I respect that guy. Let's get him over here. Okay. Because that's that's what we've right. seen. That's what we've yeah. seen from Steph for you know most of his career, the the endearing hey, and and respectful uh, yeah. player. Not, not definitely not the guy that, that throws the uh, inbounds pass off somebody's back and walks away. <laughs> Chris Paul or throws his sure. his mouthpiece at the fans. Yeah. Okay. Well. So. <laughs> oh my um, God! Eight Steph Curry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm ready to give my grades for this first question. For, I'm going to, uh, uh, Dan, I'm awarding you a measury flop because um, I agree with Corbin because I believe that Steph is going to choose Dame uh, because I think he wants to try out the three guard lineup. 
and uh, yes. so he's gonna sure. he's gonna bring in Dane there, for there's, there's that unbiased oh, scoring agenda. So this, <laughs> this, is, this is like the the, oh, yeah. the, the French it's skating totally judges. Biased, Dan. What are you scared? Well, I, I just watched. I, I just watched I Tanya earlier, so I, I'm assuming like I'm Tanya Harding right now, getting screwed over by the judges because I like heavy metal. I, there's so many layers to unpack to that, Dan. I'm moving on. I also like heavy metal, Dan. So don't. Okay. Yes. We're moving on. So we talked you, about the All Star. You what? You a Doom man? You a Thrash man? What are you working with, Dan? Uh, I, I go back and forth. I, I, I hit some kill switch. Kill switch engage on on the, on the drive home from the theater. So not for me. More of a Doom man myself. Okay. If it's not slow and punishing, get it out of here. I mean, I, I can go with some Cannibal Corpse too if we want to go like really hard. Yeah, corpse, whatever. I listen to sleep, baby. <laughs> okay, you guys, I listened to, I, I was, I went down a rabbit hole and I was listening to. Wait, did you uh, listen to Violent something other than, other than Dolly Parton? I, I'm... I did. I was listening to Violent Femmes tonight. Oh boy. And I, they had an old, or they had a, they had a, like a modern day one, like that was just like a few years ago. And the lead singer for Violent Femmes looks just like Woj. And it totally freaked <laughs> me out. You guys got to go on YouTube. Oh, I know oh, what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I never would have right. put those two together, and that's that's glorious. Have because now I just I saw see them, him uh, like, breaking, like, breaking news on stage. I'm totally shook. I'm just like, oh, my God, I saw that. And I was like, ah. Okay, but we're going to move on. So I saw them the, in person once really good. Anyway, continue. Me too. I, I saw them when I was in high school, and my shoes fell off in the first song, and a woman in front of me had on spiked heels, and I've never had two such swollen feet in my life. Woman I lost my shoes. Why'd you lose your shoes? Because they fell off because I was dancing so hard. I was in the front row, and I was dancing, and it was like in the Pine Street Theater in like 1985. And, uh-huh. you know, did I they was not like have shoelaces 70. in 1985? I was, no, wearing some, I was wearing some cute little slippers that were really cute, but they fell off my feet. Anyway, we're, we're moving on. This is not the Violent Femmes podcast. This is the Blazers Edge podcast. And oh, okay, so right, right, right. the next question is about uh, we got a draft deadline com- or a trade deadline coming up. So the, for this question, which players drafted by Neil Olshay are most likely to be moved at the trade deadline. So for, for reference, that's Dame, CJ, Myers, Pat Connaughton, Jake Lehman, Zach Collins, and Caleb Swanigan. Those are guys that were all drafted by Neil Olshay. Which one is Dame most... Was by Olshay? Yes. Are you sure? Okay. Well, he was the GM. Wait, uh, who? Okay, got it. Neil Olshay was the DM, was the GM when Dame... He was also the DM. He was running. Yeah, he came in. He came in that game. that that year. So and they was, were going on a quest. Yeah. And he yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. High five for the Dungeons and Dragons reference there, Corbin. Um, okay. So who is the most likely to be moved at the trade deadline? Corbin, would you like to go first on this one? Uh, I do. I don't know if I have a good answer, though. This is my answer. It's Myers, because I think that Neil is real into dudes he drafts. And I think that only there's only one dude who's really expended his goodwill with the organization, and that's Myers. Okay. I, this is, I think they're probably going to stand pat. Okay. For the most part. I, I hate to be boring sports writer, but... That's okay. We've got a lot of questions to get through, so you can be boring on some of them. Yeah. <laughs> Dan? 
I just don't see Neil. Sh- I mean, he'll he'll shop Myers because they want to get away from that deal. But I just don't see. Yeah, you probably should. Yeah, I just don't see anybody like willing to take that deal unless it's part of something else. I think the guys both most likely to be traded are the guys that Neil didn't draft, and that's because of the the current status they're in as far as expiring deals. So you've got Davis, Napier, um, Vonley, Parkless. Oh, Vonley. I forgot about that. Yeah, I, I mean, Davis and Vaughn, or Shabazz, if, if, you're, if you're asking me for your order, it's Shabazz, Davis, then Vonley, as far as like one, two, and three. I think, that a play, I think that a playoff team would, I think that a playoff type team can't really trade Davis. I think that Davis is uh, doing enough right now that he's more or less essential to the team. And unless you're trading him out for another big man who can replicate what he does, I don't think he's going to find himself shipped out. Vonley, yeah. Um, Napier, I, I don't know. You always need a third guard, so th- that could be. But, but I'm sorry I, mean, I critiqued your whole answer. No, no, no. It's 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 fine. I think it is, those are the guys. So, Dan, are you thinking likely. that all of – I think, do, do you I think, think Neil's guys are safe. Guys are staying? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. Neil's guys are safe. I mean – um, that's kind of been his MO too. Like the, for him to part with like one of his babies and, and Alan Crabb was kind of surprising. So it's not that yeah. he, it's not that he won't do it. It's just, you know, can he, and will he Neil is such a weird GM. There's, there's some <laughs> idiosyncrasies at play with how yeah. he because... collects or takes the, these, his guys. Cause I mean, Aminu was one of yeah. his guys that he took from the Clippers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That and, was it. I, I, brought, I, I wonder if I should have included him. No, I was I was including Aminu as one of his guys, like I, okay. I, like, like I, I was operating under that auspices, so that's why I didn't even go to that. Alfaruk Aminu should absolutely not get traded. That would be insane. Yeah, uh, we're, we're eye to eye on that one. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I um, wh- one of the weird thing, you know, what's weird about that part of his thing though is that like it's not like he's a particularly good drafter. Like, he just is loyal about it. Like, the thing that he's been best at with the Blazers is, like, finding talent in weird places. Like, Nurkic, like, who knew? Or um, or, or, um, or or trusting that Aminu would blossom into a three-point shooter. Like, that's sure. a sav- savvy move. Yeah, like, or Ed Davis. Oh, yes, Ed Davis, too. I, I mean, you know, Ed Davis has been, like, a default NBA player for most of his career. Like... I like he's been so much better with the Blazers than I think pretty much anywhere time else. With, yeah, than his time with the Raptors or anywhere else or Memphis, been, yeah. would suggest. Yeah. I, I yeah. see. I mean, I've, I'm critical of, of Olshay when it comes to the free agency deals. I mean, that's I think that's I think it's a fair criticism that anybody else. Well, out there I, is looking I, at. I mean, Turner is Turner's a nightmare, but yeah. like what which other one is not so good. I, I didn't I didn't like Crab. I, I the the, the I, I get the whole retention stuff. But I. I I, I was critical of that from, from day one, too. So I, I, how much I can, Cra- how, I'm so sorry. I, how much did Crab make at the time? What did it go up to? You mean how much did he get? Yeah, how much did he get? 17 and a half. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. that's a little too much. Yeah. So the, 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 um, those, those ones were, were like, what? But, I mean, honestly, as far as, like, being critical of him, the, the free agency is the one that I harp on, really. But his, his drafting has been pretty decent. I mean... For to hit on two guys in the second round, like um, 
Layman and Connaughton we're talking about? Uh, no, Connaughton and Crab, because Crab was a second rounder. Oh, like, because okay. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting Crab where he got him was, I think, a good thing. Like, you don't I was typically so find that talent there. Yeah. Um, the only problem with Crab is that he's half a player. Like, <laughs> like he's just so bad at defense that the fact that he's near a nearly perfect role playing NBA wing it is just. It's just like a sucking hole because his defense mm-hmm. is so crummy. Yeah, I mean, we, we, people wanted to, to, to place that on, on, you know, Portland and scheme. And, well, he went to Brooklyn. Nah. He's the exact same player. Yeah. There's literally no difference. So yeah. I, I would I, for those that are still wondering about Alan Crabb, it wasn't a Portland problem. It was a Crabb problem. OK, I'm going to hit the buzzer on this question. <laughs> And I'm going to give you both a Nurkic because I think you both are right. I believe that Neil is staying with his core. And I think one of the things that he's been consistent in saying is that he's going to build up his core. And I, I think he's going to hang on to it. I don't think he has much choice anymore, but I think he really is going to do it. So I'm going to give you both a, a Nurkic, a motivating Nurkic punch to the face for that one. Thank the next you. question, oh. we're moving on to another team, the Atlanta Hawks are having a fire sale. And a fire sale. That's kind of hoping they were in a bonfire. <laughs> which Atlanta Hawk makes the most sense in a Blazers uniform? Dan, <laughs> why don't you go first? Oh, I'm taking this one. It, 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 it's easy. It's Ursan Ilyasova. It's not even close. Ilyasova's the, okay. the perfect utility player for this team. He's the guy that I've wanted in Portland for years. He's, he's okay. When I look at, at Ilyasova, I go, hey, look, it's a menu with handles. I mean, that, that, hey, that, that, that's watch what, what you say about Aminu. That, but I mean, he Ursan's had a type of handle. Okay, Aminu has added to his game drastically this year. This over the last like three months, it's been insane. But Ilyasova's had that ability really since he came into the league. But he's a three and D guy that can put the ball on the floor, and like, mm-hmm. he just he just gets it done night in and night out. And he's on a ridiculously cheap contract. Like guys like him, but his is expiring obviously now. Um, there's other guys out there like like Bellinelli. Um, that would definitely fit on this team just for the the idea of adding another floor spacer. But uh, I think Portland's uh, got enough guys that, that do one or two things really well. Um, is a guy that can do more than one or two things really well. So if, if you could get him for something or nothing, then yeah, you do it. Or if you can right. move one of your bigs for him, then you do it. All right, Ilyasova is Dan's answer. Corbin, what's your answer? First off, I think Dan is overstating how good Ilyasova is at defense. He has some strings of a reputation going the other way. I don't want to get too deep into it. Uh, as far as the uh, Hawks player who I can most imagine in a Blazers uniform, going to have to go with Luke Babbitt. <laughs> I guess uh, that's not a hard one to imagine. Because I uh, have seen, seen him in a Blazers before. uniform. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you're both wrong. It's Ken Bazemore. Obviously, Bazemore, oh, Blazemore. I can't believe you guys got that one wrong. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was also going to say Bellinelli because I've seen a picture of him buck naked standing with a uh, basketball in front of his genitals. <laughs> I forgot about that one. That one's out there. <laughs> Bellinelli is another good one because then I get to sit. I had a buddy with me at a bar one time watching a game, and he, I can't remember who he was playing for at the time. He said, uh, who's this Bellinelli guy? And so, I, so I call him Bellinelli every time I like, like the way Charles Barkley says Ginobili. That's how I say Bellinelli whenever Bellinelli steps on the floor. I haven't thought much about the Hawks this year. Uh, this is a very bad roster. Yeah, no, it's 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 a dumpster fire. So when they beat Portland, it, it was is. one of those things that you're like, <laughs> oh, this is really depressing. 
Like Schroeder is the best player on this team. Hands down. Probably. No, it's uh, like... and he's Dennis Schroeder. <laughs> <laughs> They've had a couple of uh, surprising wins this year. I think against teams that were like, what? And it, Portland wasn't the only team that, that uh, should have beat them. That I mean, uh, that's, I mean, they do have an excellent w. coach. Give them that. Yeah, no, but... Boone is a great coach. I think the yeah. the Hawks are this in the same position that the Mavericks are in, where their coaches are so good that they're going to outperform expectations and get a few more mm-hmm. wins than they should, and keep them from being able to get uh, a higher draft picks than they would otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I don't know. Sometimes when things look bleak for the Trailblazers, they're not this week. But in other ways, they have looked bleak. Check back in next week, folks. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Sometimes I wonder if that situation might someday play itself out in Portland. I'm not saying that it is now, but I sometimes wonder if it might play itself out that way. Anyway, you're both wrong. It was Kent Bazemore. Um, The next question. How can you not get the Bazemore Blazemore? It'd be I, awesome. I, I got it, but I, I, I don't want to blaze it. I don't want to blaze any more of the, the, the freaking payroll away. It's that just guy's crabs deal. Like, you know, Luke, you guys are so I practical. I don't have to imagine very hard to see Babbitt, you know? <laughs> Luke Babbitt has actually turned okay. into like a successful NBA player. For those that don't know, Babbitt's like so ninth. I am so proud of him. Like ninth or tenth for all-time three-point percentage now. Like his career three-point percentage is like 42 or 43%. He's he's a staggeringly good shooter, you know, which what he was drafted for. But he's no longer scared by the Chalupa curse and his. Did you, did you guys ever go to any games around the time he was on the team? Oh yeah, are you he kidding looked, me? Yeah. I lived for 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 yeah, the Chalupa he, Luke Babbitt. Yeah, yeah he um. Uh, they played the Star Wars music. It was awesome. He, but like, but if you got there before the game and watched warmups, he was out there taking three pointers like. Like, clearly, like, a sort of maniacal dude about that stuff. It was hard not to sort of see that wafting off of him. Uh, every time I see him, I'm like, I am so proud of him for making himself a nice NBA career. And you know, for, he like, just... leaning into the bowl haircut. Like, he just yeah. he just went with it. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. So. Okay, ready for, for the him. next question? Do it. The title of most improved player on the team goes to... Ooh. Corbin, why don't you Corbin, go first? Corbin's starting on this one. I would love to. Most improved player. Uh, huh. Um, this one's a tough one. I'm tempted to say I'm tempted to say Aminu, but I don't want to underrate Aminu's career before this. Uh, just keep saying nice things about Aminu. I he, love you know, he's yeah, he's like a fabulous player. Um, but and him adding a three point shot is like. The difference um, between him adding a euro step made my season yeah, so far. Just, just beautiful. But but a three point shot especially is like the difference between being a dude who makes seven million dollars and a dude who makes a fifteen to yeah. seventeen million dollars. Um. Uh. But you know who I'm actually gonna say, you know who I'm actually gonna say because from a pure percentage standpoint, percentage improvement standpoint. It's Connaughton because yep. Connaughton spent the first two years of his career being um, like a dude who everybody looked at and said, like, oh, at least he can go play baseball. <laughs> but now he's like, but now he's like jumping up on the bench, getting some good, getting some good burn in. It's admirable. You know, like he's like, uh, he's like fashioned himself into an NBA player all of a sudden. It was very surprising. There was no player on this team who I thought would be an NBA player less than Connaughton. And in part because he had an out 
Like at any point, he could have said, "I am going to go pitch." Yeah, he's not I'm, a thirteenth round pitcher. Like he's a legitimate top flight yeah, yeah, prospect. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like he, could, yeah, like he could go, and you know, and he could go, uh, you know, abuse his arm in relief for a while and make a and make <laughs> make a, a substantial of money. amount of money. Like, like, he'd make more in baseball yeah, than he would in basketball. I, I, uh, we'll see. I mean, because a good. Like a good basketball player makes a ton of money, and a and a the reliever makes an okay amount of money. Okay, um, uh, but yeah, Connaughton, Con very surprised he did anything this year. He okay. was done. It's right. kind of funny. Corbin hit on two. Uh, of the Dan, three how about that you? I, that I was debating between in that uh, Minu, his growth. Like, I don't think people understand how drastic a growth it was for Minu to go from arguably the worst wing handle in the entire NBA. To not just being competent, but competent and confident enough to break it out during a game. Like, the, the, the level of growth demonstrated there is staggering. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't high school or college. To, to be able to do that all of a sudden is crazy. So, like, like yeah, he, he's not, this isn't Zach Collins where you're like, oh, he's developed something new. He's, you know, 20 years old, and he's got a new thing in his bag. Like, he's, he's an NBA yeah. player who's been in the league long enough to not really develop those skill sets. I think it's very, very rare and who yeah. and who was already a valuable player like like the Bla- like the Blazers defense last year when he was went down historically yeah. bad when no, he went was, out like yeah no yeah. I, I, that's what i mean like so to to, to so, do those uh, things anyway. and add to his game is really impressive Collinton, i mean he's to me he's the player that they wanted Allen Crabb to be non-hesitant on the looks he's supposed to take committed on defense and creating opportunities for himself in transition at a 15th or a 16th of the cost. So, I mean, and like you said, like, I don't think anybody saw that coming, especially after his summer league performance. Like I know summer league is this, that, and the other, but like he, he didn't look like yeah, a basketball player terrible. out there, especially, yeah. Like, especially for a guy who's been yeah, in the league. Legit terrible like you expect that from rookies. Or, you know, guys from the G League coming up and getting their first real experience. Not not a guy who's been in actual NBA action pretty consistently as, as an end-of-the-bench guy. Um, but I'm going with Shabazz. Shabazz has shown that he can be a legit sixth or seventh man on just about any team in the league. Um, I, 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 yeah, get, get, get that yeah, money next season, us. Shabazz. I want you back in Portland, but get, get your payday. But he has stepped in and, and been more than admirable for... Dame while he was out, but now they're running these three guard lineups where he's on the floor with Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, and he's still like, "Nah, I can still jack shots up. Like I'm comfortable. Like the confidence level that he's that he displays night in and night out is a guy that belongs in the league. And not only that, he's taking and making shots. He's creating for others. I mean, he's throwing behind the back passes. Yes, they're flashy, but they're also the right pass to make. Like he has that that added chutzpah because I, I can't say other things. Um, that that really show out for him, uh, but they're also like they, they kind of like build upon the legend of Shabazz, and that's probably been one of the most joyous things for me this season. Um, even if I hate his commercial and it drives me crazy, um, no, no, <laughs> the more the people you sing it at me, it. the more I despise it. <laughs> but uh, the uh, the the idea that if you would have asked somebody, you know, before the season started. 
or you're going to tell somebody, hey, Shabazz is going to be a guy that when Dame's out is going to average almost 20 a game and shoot, you know, 50, 40, 80 from the field. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think a single sane person would take that and, and be like, oh, yeah, certainly. That, that's definitely going to happen. No, nobody would have thought that. So the fact that he's been able to come in and be like Portland's legit sixth man off the bench as far as scoring is concerned, uh, that, that's, that's my most improved guy. And, and honestly, I think he has a case for most improved um, in the NBA. I don't think he'll win it, but I think he'll definitely get some votes because he's caught, a, he's caught the eye of a lot of executives around the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people are liking what Shabazz is doing. Can, All I, right. can I talk yeah, about Napier for, uh, in an extended way for half a second? Can I say something else about Napier? Um, mm-hmm. What a weird career. Uh, literally seems like he got drafted by the Heat because the Heat wanted to do something LeBron would like. Was immediately like like thrown to the back of the bench when LeBron did not sign with the Heat. Uh, and then just sort of drifted for a while, and now all of a sudden is a good like NBA LeBron, player. LeBron, the GM, is so actually weird. kind of decent. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it is kind of weird right, that, that you know, another guy from, from you know, Florida, from the Florida the outreaches of the NBA, um, has come to Portland and succeeded. So that, that, that recruiting pipeline is set up awful nice. Yep. Dwight Howard, Dwight Howard next. Let's get him. Dwight Howard, oh. baby. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to rule my judgment. I'm going to pass my judgment on the answers to this question. Corbin, you get a Nurkic, um partly for flattering Aminu because you always get extra points for that. And um because I think from last year t- to this year, I think Connaughton has shown the most growth. Dan, you get a Mesri for um, doubting Napier in the first place, because I've been saying since he came to our team that Shabazz Napier oh, is a good player. I'm the player. one that wrote the he article about the guy talking about how good he was going to be player. when he got to Portland. <laughs> please, 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 Dan, try to have some dignity. This is you're taking shots at me. Come on now. There was something else you said, that, but I forgot to write it down. That was probably like, oh, a he's dribbling. going down on this one. I can't remember what it was. But one, no. But one thing I was, I was kind of wondering to see if either of you guys were going to take the tactic of who's improved most from the beginning of this season till now, because I think season over season is one thing, but from the beginning of the season until now, there's another player who's shown a lot of growth. And that would be Zach Collins. I Zachary, think from the day Zachary. that Zach Collins stepped on as a uh, as a trailblazer, he did not look. He was not somebody that I looked at like I looked at Shabazz Napier and was like, "Oh, Shabazz Napier is a good player." You know, the 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 jury was still out on Zach Collins, and you know, steadily, it's not like he's an all star or anything, but he has shown steady growth from the time that he for the time that he has been here. My so, theory on Collins has always been that sometime early in the season, like a grizzled old assistant coach came up to him and like put his arm around him and pointed at Myers across the gym <laughs> and said, and said, boy, don't and said, do it. Don't do it. Don't, said, don't go said, there. If you, don't, if you don't, don't, if you don't, there. if you don't work hard, that's what you'll end up as boy. And he, uh, and ever since then, uh, uh, he's been having nightmares 
just night after night and he's done everything he can to make himself work in the league. I'd like, I'd like to think that it was just hard work and being paired up with Ed Davis on a nightly basis. It was just, scared this just popped us. We got, we got to touch this a little bit. As far <laughs> okay. as like national people yeah, talking about Damian Lillard. Apparently Jalen Rose put out a video on YouTube says, uh, the, the title of the video is obviously I haven't watched it yet because it just popped up. Jalen Rose makes impassioned plea to put Damian Lillard in the NBA All-Star game. So the guy that, that Kobe dropped 81 on is saying that uh, yeah, Damian should be in the game. So I chalk that up for another another guy. <laughs> how dare – first off, how dare you? Uh, Wait, how dare who? I don't know, you. I, first off, complimenting Kobe. Yeah, is it complimenting Get Kobe or is it, or is it just putting more shade on Jalen? I, I didn't say Kobe. I said the guy who had 81 dropped on him. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I love the fact, though, that Jalen yeah, called out Paul Pierce was, the other night. I thought good. that was, was so brilliant. Good. That was so good. That's brilliant. And we do have a tribute video question coming up, so hold that thought. But before Paul we, was, before Paul we go. Paul Pierce was so farty about it anyway. <laughs> I know. Okay, we're moving on. On a scale of zero to 17 million, how much is Evan Turner contributing to the team this season? Corbin, I think you're up first. God. <laughs> this season. Okay, there's ways that you could formulate this answer where you could theoretically say that he was contributing like negative $5 million <laughs> because you could say that he is 7 million overpaid and therefore. 12 my anyway 7 minus 12 but i i'm not going to be that cruel um ugh, i don't know man uh 6 probably is where i would end up if i was being totally judicious about it honestly the fact that he makes so much money and also that the blazers are the hen on the wing uh is is a is a obstacle to having modern wing play in the on the team at all and so it's hard to i you know i always feel like such a dork when i talk about that so i was i was i did a blazers podcast the other day with gunderson and uh seth johnston and i was started to complain about turner and they said corbin you are always complaining about dudes who just shoot threes like like this like Turner represents on a certain level what you personally want basketball to be a little bit more and that's kind of true except that he plays for the team I root for and is and is an active non-contributor on the team that I root for like gunking up their spacing and taking up possessions with his like avant-garde uh baseline possessions or whatever <laughs> like if he was on any other team I'd be like yeah, Evan Turner's a gift, but he's on my team, and he is a not a gift. Uh, so I don't know. I would say six million. It would be really great if any of the other wings were any good right now. If the Blazers make a trade, it obviously needs to be for an, a, a reasonably talented wing, uh, because uh, Turner and that's. I think that Turner could contribute something if he was coming off the bench i think right now he is doing too much because uh harkless is the most maurice harkless player who's ever lived <laughs> <laughs> and and because everyone else is either a little young or um or in some way dysfunctional and it and so five, six million i guess okay. 
Okay. Six million. Dan, what's your answer? Uh, well, I mean, you asked me a couple weeks ago what it would take for Evan Turner, like box score wise, to justify his contract. And at that point in time, so I'll use that kind of as the barometer. If you're making that money, I kind of looked around the league at who was making that kind of money, and I was like, okay, what's what's the what's the value? What's the production for that value? And I, I figured it was like around eighteen five and five. 17 points, 18 points, five boards, five assists, if you're looking for the box score production. Now, if I told you heading into this year that Evan Turner would be a starter and would be a mostly integral part of the offense while he's out on the floor, that he would score less than Alfred Camino per game, how would you think the season's going? Bad. <laughs> so, so Turner's averaging nine a game. Aminu's averaging 10 a game. Um... So this is this is kind of a weird spot. Like if you look at his box score numbers, like Turner's shooting fifty percent from the field almost. He's shooting eighty five percent from the line. Um, he's contributing a couple assists and a couple rebounds, but like those auxiliary categories, like which you brought him in for, because you didn't really bring him in for his scoring, but you paid him like he was going to score. Um, contract every time yeah, i think about it I it know. drives me nuts so that's why i'm saying like it, look, look at a guy like evan fournier who's basically making the same amount like are those the same player does evan turner's defense which is better than evan fournier's i don't think anybody's going to disagree with that um but is his defense like that much more valuable i guess is what i'm getting at so i, I think i'm probably in the same neighborhood as you um i i do value his defense higher than i would in other instances because portland does lack somebody on this team with the requisite size to guard multiple positions outside of Alfred Camino. Like Harkless can do Who it. Who has but... to play forward. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I want more out of him clearly, but I also don't hold it against him for taking that contract. Like, like if, 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 I'm, if I'm, if I'm a private contractor and somebody offers me double what I'm worth, um, to do a job, uh, I'm not going to not take it. So, I mean, I don't blame him. So you agree with six? Six to seven, I think, is the number that I'm falling around in. Because, I mean, look at what Aminu's given you. Mm -hmm. Do you know what the problem... The problem is that all of the numbers you rattled off don't matter because he doesn't shoot 35% from three. Like, that's what you need now. And, like, on a certain level, like, saying this into a microphone frustrates me because it frustrates me that a small forward more or less has to shoot 45% from three to be genuinely valuable. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's dumb on a certain level. But here I am watching Evan Turner, like, throw up the, like, like, crank out these weird possessions where he doesn't just spot up and shoot a three and it drives me nuts. Yeah. It's if he was like LaMarcus Aldridge's production, I think is undervalued because of what his game revolves around, which is the mid range jumper. I refuse to, I refuse to, I refuse to to agree with this. To acknowledge his existence. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not familiar with who that is, (laughs) but you were hurt. (laughs) No, I wasn't hurt. No, no, no. You no. (laughs) <laughs> if, if Evan Turner is the kind of player where I say like, oh, where I say like, oh, I wish modernity could allow for this to happen. Like LaMarcus Aldridge is the kind of player who I look at him and say, I'm glad modernity has mostly gotten rid of that guy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, See, he is the most 
Well, if I had given you a Nurkic before, I would have definitely taken it away, but I've already <laughs> taken it away from you, so you can just keep on going. It's not gonna you're not oh, gonna get fair. it in a higher sure. score. He's heinous. He's heinous. His his game is gross. It's yucky. It's bad. All those long twos are gross. Uh he can't dribble. He doesn't do anything interesting. He's a boring interview. Uh, he could See, just that's, as well. That's the crux of it right there, yeah, folks. The, the boring interview. Whereas, uh-huh. whereas Evan Turner's, you yes, Evan Turner's yeah. entertainment hey, value hey, is hey, drastically hey, higher. I don't, know if, I don't know if you know this or not. Sports are supposed to be entertaining. I know that LaMarcus was on the team for a long time and we all forgot that, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not entertaining. He's so does everybody like, have to be like, entertained like, in exactly the same way? Because there's a lot yes. of people who like yes. Yes. it has to be your way. Okay, well as long as we're clear on that. No, not All right. my way. The universal way. Okay, yeah. since since it's now we're slandering two different um, uh, players, we're gonna move on. You guys both got Mesries on that one. <laughs> the correct answer was ten to twelve because he is doing. As time goes by, he I believe he is doing more and more. He is if shooting much, lately, much better. He's been the... shooting better on, from three. Won't last. It will last. You see that form? That guy is not going to last. But uh, I don't the know. motivating factor was somebody driving a truck into his pool. I'm almost certain of it at this point in time. Turner oh, yeah. is a guy who needs time to adjust. He needs time to adjust from, uh, you know, change from team to team, and he needs time to adjust. Do you think he adjusted to started. not having a pool? Vince. Yeah, he, but he also he's been very bad for most of his career. Mm. He parlayed a very successful season in Boston, where he had where he was in a, in a system that was perfect for him with the players around him that where he was allowed to operate in his most comfortable position um, with a roster that was much more balanced. He, he was traded to the Pacers, and the team almost immediately fell apart when he got there. <laughs> like I'm that, pretty that sure was... the Pacers were not. I don't. I'm pretty sure he was not the final thing that tore them apart. That, there, there were, were th- there were some things. <laughs> there were other. There were things going on in that locker room that were <laughs> were special. Let's, let's, let's leave it at that. Uh, and anyway, I'm the one who's yes. I'm the one who's awarding all the points. So we're gonna move on. We got two right. more short questions. You know what? Then... You, know who, uh, you know who else I feel about the way I feel about Lamarcus Aldridge? I just want to say it. Uh, David West. Okay, Get that's, that guy out of the league. That's interesting. Okay. Sorry, I, I, David West and David. Okay, I'm sorry. I could I could be mad about David West all day. Him taking less money to play for a contender. Him taking practically no money to play for a contender. Sucker. That's a sucker's move. <laughs> it's a ring. It doesn't matter. You can't spend them. You're Would a you sucker. take less money to go work for the New York Times? You know what? No, because I literally would not. The New York Times plays better than almost every other newspaper in the country. What if they were like, we just can't scrape it together for you, so we got to pay all these other writers a whole bunch more, you know, so we're just no, going to give you this little no. bit. You I wouldn't do it. it. You take that, no, you leverage that, that offer for a job at the, at the Washington Post. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's nice. Exactly. It's, it's good to know your principles and that the, the, the you'll stick by those. So to c- come back and tell us how it goes when you get that offer. Or maybe you already have. Yep. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Okay, we're going to move on. Well, this is about this is the game that's coming up. Yusuf Nurkish returns to Denver on Monday night, and they are taking Petty on wars. Nuggets. I, I nuggets are terrible. What? I'm sorry, sorry, continue. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Everyone, there's a lot of giggling going on right now. I'm usually the one who's giggling. So, anyway, the Nuggets are struggling as of late, and they're four and six in their last ten. They're 23 and 23 on the year, coming off of a 108-100 loss to Phoenix, right? Yeah, How Portland doesn't know what it's like to lose to, to bad teams. They don't. They have no idea what that's like. Yeah, that's never happened. <laughs> How many technical fouls will be assessed, and who is going to be ejected for fighting? Oh, this one's me. Uh, if the trend of the NBA and the pettiness continues, there will be at least three technical fouls. Clearly, Nurkic and Jokic are okay with each other, but Nurkic continues to want to, you know, show out. And he got beasted on by Jokic last game. Like, Nurkic was leading the series pretty handily in their first two matchups. That first, that first game in Denver, that was a thing of beauty. Oh, God. He, he just, yeah. he absolutely baptized Jokic. Like, for every possession, it was hilarious. But I think Jokic returned that in kind last matchup. Like, he, he embarrassed Nurk pretty bad. Um, I, I did not see that one coming. Um, I think Nurk's going to want some redemption. I think he's definitely in one of those chippy moods. I think the team in general is feeling pretty chippy. Um, Evan Turner was Everyone definitely in the on league one. wants to kill each other yeah, right now. It's 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 de- <laughs> there's definitely something going on. Like everybody wants to fight everybody, and I am here for every bit of it. Like this this is <laughs> this is like a callback to to the to the you early nineties. The dream would be Dan. I'm sorry. To, I'm sorry to interrupt. The dream is All Star Brawl. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I want an all-star brawl because of who each team picked. Like, that's why I wanted Durant to be a captain. Like, I was praying that Durant was captain and Westbrook was right there for him. And he was like, I'll take Damien. Like, just just to just get the pettiness going, like, right out of the gate. And let's say, like, I just want the ABA back. I just want an (laughs) all-star brawl. (laughs) That's all I want. I, I, I would be all for it, but, like, but this matchup with, with Portland and Denver, I don't, it's, it's not as big as the matchup at the end of the season last year, but because things are so tight um, in, the, in the division and in the conference, um, I, I think this is a big game for both teams. Portland's been playing well lately. Denver's been playing like crap. Um, Portland's going to want to continue kind of the role they're on because after after this game, it gets a little shady in the schedule again. Um, it's one of those things where you're like, eh, this, we probably need to pack up some wins because they have Raptors, Celtics, Pistons, and then Kings, uh, but then Jazz, Warriors, Jazz, and you're like, eh. like, even though the Jazz are down, they're getting healthy again, and they're only a few games back. Like, they're still a better team, I think, people give credit for. So, if you can win a few of these division games in the soft spot on the schedule uh, before the schedule starts to pick back up again, um, I think that's that's a that's a win for them more so than just you know a, you know a win in the box column or the the, the box score. So um, yeah, I'm gonna say three technicals. If anybody's getting tossed, I don't think it's gonna be Nurkic. Like if I had to guess, who's been acting a fool for for Denver lately? Wilson Chandler's capable, certainly. Barton, I don't, I don't think Will would. Murray's, nah, man, nah. Murray's, Too much love in that boy's heart. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Jamal Murray's been acting a fool lately. Actually, didn't he get tossed the other night? I want to say he did. 
And then you've always got Mason. You got, you got Plum Dog Millionaire, who who's not afraid to, to go down. But I I don't think he would against his former teammates. So yeah, you can't you you actually can't you actually can't eject any player who went to Duke. It's it's in the rules. Is that in the bylaws? <laughs> that probably makes That's sense. That's in the NBA bylaws. Yeah. That, that, I think that, didn't Henderson get ejected? He's been ejected before. Yeah, he must have done something pretty. Gerald, Gerald Henderson. Gerald Henderson. It didn't really. It didn't actually happen. <laughs> but okay, so if we're, if we're gonna put it on somebody, Wilson Chandler's probably the guy I would go with because Fareed really hasn't been playing much. Darrell Arthur looks like he he's blazed all the time and, and couldn't care less. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm gonna go. Okay. I'm gonna go with Chandler, and the dark horse candidate is CJ. Three, oh. okay. Very good. I can see that. So CJ, three CJ will get in. Yeah, I think I, if, if the if yeah. the over under is two and a half, I'm taking the over on technicals. <laughs> okay, Corbin, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll take the I'll take I'll take the over too. I think that if he knows what's good for him, Evan Turner is getting kicked out of this game. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by that? Please elaborate. I think, I think that I think that uh, uh, you know I think that the fan base. You know, they're a little down on him sometimes. You know, I might have just talked about it for a long the time. The Portland fan base? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think they can be a little down on Evan Turner. He makes a little too much money, and he does very frustrating things. Uh, but I think that if he goes out there tomorrow and he uh, and he gets a good shove in on Jokic and, uh, and you know, gives him a, gives him a big weird yell and uh, has to get uh, drawn out of the game, I think that that gives Evan Turner some folk hero currency. And, uh, and I think he could use some right now. Okay. okay. So I'm going to say related Turner, to related of. to Jokic. Is there a less athletic looking, smooth bodied player in the <laughs> NBA? Uh, is there a less athletic looking player in the NBA? I always think Bradley Beal doesn't look very athletic, but um, really. Uh, well, Luke Babbitt, I guess. <laughs> I happen to pull up a picture of Luke Babbitt. And, uh, Luke Babbitt. Okay, okay. Uh, I just, uh, is every, Sheed Wallace still in the NBA? Yeah. I, <laughs> I just every time I look at Jokic, I'm like, he's seven foot tall, but like he looks like he just smoked like uh, you know a, a pack of Newports and hopped on the court. A watermelon. Yeah, I guess you're just like, there's, there's nothing about you that that looks like oh yeah NBA player other than the height. It's it's just, it's such a stark contrast to how skilled he really is, and I've I've always found that 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 contrast really interesting. I don't know. Sabonis never looked super um, fit <laughs> when he was I mean, here. I mean, Sabonis was a <laughs> god in the '80s, though. Yeah, when, yeah, but when he was here, when he was on the Trailblazers. Yeah, but when he yeah, but but Soviet Sabonis, oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. He, he was he was a bigger David Robinson. <laughs> like he yeah. was, he was a mon- like there was a period of time where he had the 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 Greek god body. I don't think Jokic is ever going to get that. Like he's gonna he's gonna be the the NBA dad bod his entire career. <laughs> so who do you guys think is gonna win that game tomorrow night? Blazers, baby. <sighs> Everything in my in my heart says Portland. Everything in my head is like you dummy. They're on a roll and they're playing Denver. They're gonna lose. <laughs> The thing that worries me is the Nuggets have been having all of these like soul searching talks with the coaches and they're just coming off a really bad loss to a super and bad they're team. at home like Portland is, is it, Denver's just a, just a crappy place to play in. 
the the travel, the airport's right. like an hour away from from the the nearest hotel that you're staying at. Al- Arena's altitude, not right there. Obviously. You're at altitude. Like everything about going to Denver as as a professional athlete sucks. Like there's there's nothing redeeming about it whatsoever. It's not like you're going to to L.A. and yeah, you're in the traffic, but you're in L.A. Same thing for for New York. In Denver, you're like, oh cool, I get to go to this airport out in the middle of nowhere, take the 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 bus or the shuttle an hour into town, depending on when you get in. Um, and then you have to adjust to the altitude that you're going to play in that day, which takes, you know, 72 hours or so to adjust to. So like everything about that is not fun. Um, and mm-hmm. Denver's had like, I mean, they, they're, they have the capacity to, to be a really good team. And on those nights that they put it together, man, they're, they're stupid difficult to stop because particularly for Portland, because they're strong in all the positions that Portland's not like they, they can just throw like six foot eight and six foot nine guys at you just endlessly. And what what does Portland not have? Like a bevy of those guys. Mm-hmm. Six so. foot eight and six foot nine guys. Yeah. Except the Mino. Except for Evan Turner. Yeah. Evan's six seven, but I mean he he's on the he's he's the the one guy outside of a Mino who you I I struggle with you to say the word trust, but you you're you trust him to to you know, do basketball things. Whereas Maurice Harkless has the requisite skill set, you know, you think, but night in, night out, you're not sure it's gonna be there. Yeah. It'll be a good one. There's, I think, Nuggets. Do you guys think Nuggets are probably the the chief rival these days? Anyway, to the Trailblazers, who is Portland's rival? That's what. That's the crappy they thing. Feel, like, they, like, but Portland they doesn't feel really have like one. they're the main ones. Just at least you know recently, because uh, there's so much like. I mean, it's sometimes it's like looking in the mirror, in a lot of ways. Um, and then you know with the Nurkic Jokic thing and. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like right now it's probably the closest thing to a rival. I mean, Houston right. kind of because they 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 will forever hate Damian Lillard. So as long as Damian Lillard is a trailblazer, I think you can call that some kind of like quasi rivalry. Yeah, right. except it's one of those things like where when you ask a Laker fan if Portland is a rival and they just laugh and they're like, no, yeah. you're not a but rival. I, but, I, but I think Houston Houston's fans, looking at Portland going, no, I, you they're wrong. Like you know what? Time. I think that I think that if the Lakers and the Blazers were playing a series, I think that I think that Lakers fans would find that they had more hate in their heart than they thought they did. <laughs> but what do you think about the Denver Portland rivalry? I think it has mostly to do with the the Nurkic thing, and I think that Nurkic brings a lot of uh, uh, piss and vinegar to a to a to a confrontation, uh, and I think that I think that that's a good source of, of hatred. I'm trying to I'm trying to track down our playoff bracket right now to decide if there's anybody. I'm doing a horrible job out of that. <laughs> okay, well, that, for for that question, I'm going to give you Dan uh, a Nurkic and Corbin. You're going to get a Mesri on this one. I just I wasn't feeling your answer on this one, um, but maybe if you can put, call up that uh, information within you know a, a reasonable amount of time, you may be able to save it. But we're going to move on to can the I last say, question. I, I want to say I want to say something before we get. It. I'm looking at our standings right now. And right now, if the playoffs were to start today, it would be the first round would be Blazers Timberwolves, which would be a I great series. Really, I think those teams could really learn to hate each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That I mean, the, I there's definitely like, room I, for for hatred I, there. I, I think, but I don't think we're there yet. I think Nurkic could do things to Cat that <laughs> would would truly make him very angry. Uh, yeah. If so. the playoffs started today, Denver would be out of the playoffs. They are a half game back of LA. I think the Jazz are going to overtake them too. 
Well, we got a lot more basketball to play this season before we find out who's going to make it into the uh, playoffs. But for tonight, we have one more question. It is the only question, really, that counts. What former trailblazer accepted Jesus Christ as your still playing in the NBA (laughs) most deserves a tribute video? And there is only one correct answer. What former trailblazer still playing in the NBA most deserves a tribute video? Dan, you go first. Um, I'm assuming you're probably going to go with Will Barton here. So that's, that's my, my half answer, but what's in, your in, answer in, in, in my heart? I want to, I want to go with Jared Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mad. I'm mad right now. <laughs> That one, that one's for Timmy. Timmy has an unabashed love for Jared Jack. It's, it's, it's fun. Timmy's wrong. (laughs) Um, you're wrong, Dan. Yeah. 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 Just don't even stop. Okay. Corbin, what's your answer? You know, I was watching that. One answer. I was watching that Dallas game today and, uh, I saw CJ spend a lot of time talking to Wes Matthews. And it was hard for me not to be a little bit like, nah, CJ, I don't love you like that, dude. Uh, so I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm personally gonna have to say Wes Matthews. I understand if I'm wrong, though. Yeah, you're wrong. It is Will Barton. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Pull the thrill. I mean, if you if you wanted to go another way, you could go Robin Lopez. I think. I think he was absolutely mm. adored. Um, and he he's another guy who kind of had a career revival. For all the Stotts haters out there, um, yeah. Like, look at the amount of players that have come to Portland and, and exceeded expectations. Right. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think every time that LaMarcus comes to town, they should show uh, videos of him bricking mid-range jumpers. <laughs> Missing like, end-of-game free throws. <laughs> like, set, yeah, like, set to, uh, like set to yakety sacks. Just him just bricking 18-footer after 18-footer. And like and like him like doing shrugs and being like boing, boing, boing. Uh, I think he should be slandered every time he steps on a Portland court. See, I, I I'm all for slandering former players. In, in for everybody who doesn't know, I I, I still love Lamarcus despite uh, Corbin's oh God, this um, absolute disdain. Um, I I still I still love and and I wish Portland had his his skill set uh, alongside Damian. <laughs> I I hope at some point in time they can kind of figure it out. Um, But but my true and honest answer, and it's obviously not an active player, but is Brandon. Like I want that relationship to be fully mended and have Brandon kind of come full 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 circle um, for for a tribute video. Maybe on the night that they retire his jersey, they can do a Martin video. (laughs) There you go. Have, have, a, have a Paul Pierce, Isaiah God. Thomas um, matchup. Well, you guys, that was a uh, that was an excellent round. I just if I if my tally is correct, it actually ended in a tie. I yeah. should have asked an odd number of questions because you both got three measures and three Nurkic punches to the face. So I guess that, and you both got the final answer wrong. So you know. I guess we'll uh, have to have a rematch and on another day for, yeah. and, and I'll plan better so that somebody I, has to win. And I will devour Daniel on this day. <laughs> and like, like everything else in Portland, people just, they, they just want to enjoy the road and not, not about winning. That's right. 
That's right. Enjoy the journey, Dan. Oh, it's God. all it's about the journey. Give me the wins. Well, you didn't win, but how was Whatever. the journey? I don't know. Why don't you take uh, you us know, out of here tonight, Dan? I thought it, I thought it was a good journey. Thank you. <laughs> Thank taking you, me on this journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, hey, hey, journey man, go ahead and plug your stuff here. Oh, um, I write a column at Vice Sports every week. It's called Dunk of the Week. It's about a dunk every week. Uh, Are you going to push Shabazz Napier in this week? Please, 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 please. Oh, uh, you know, I hadn't thought about it yet. I might. Come on, it was his first NBA dunk. Yeah, I usually write him on Tuesday. And so I tend to just be, oh, man, I might actually have to put Napier. That was a good dunk. Like for, anyway. You know what I appreciated about that dunk? He actually looked to make sure nobody was coming. Yeah. He he checked the launch pad just to make sure. That absolutely (laughs) cemented him in my heart. I was just like, he was smart enough to look around and make sure nobody was going to go mess up. And him him getting a bunch of dap for it. It was really nice. It was was just such a nice moment. It was a very good feel-good moment. Yeah. Uh, and I am in the Willamette week occasionally. I, yeah, I'm in this week's go pick it up. There's a nice illustration. Uh, my podcast is called take it or break it. Um, it's uh, good. You should listen to it. And, um, I have some things I did for Deadspin recently. You should read those too. Sweet. Tarek, want to let everybody know where they can find you? At TCB Biggs on Twitter. Oh, wow. As oh, always, I'm Corbin A. Smith on Twitter. There you go. Uh, as always, you can find me on Twitter at DMarang. And now I am proud and happy to say you can find me on non-game nights. This is the announcement I was waiting to make. And now I can make it official as of January 30th. Non-game nights on NBC Sports Northwest at 7 p.m. Blazers Outsiders will be coming at you on TV. Yes, they gave me a TV show. No, I still don't know why. Um, one last thing, obviously, to plug here is Blazers Edge Night. If you can donate, please, please, please. This is the final push. $9 to $22 is the range for tickets to buy. Good event. Yes. Awesome event. Corbin, you've been to Blazers Edge Night, have you not? I've not been to Blazers Edge uh, okay. Night. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not necessarily a, a, a Blazers Edge community member. Uh, you can still but attend. I can, but it is a wonderful event. I want to make that. I want to make it clear that I believe it is a wonderful event. Yes, it is absolutely awesome. Everybody who's heard me talk about it and champion it, it's because it's something I truly, truly believe in. It's absolutely awesome last week we had a fan post from one of the people who was a beneficiary of it and he expanded on the tremendous impact it had on the young people um, and how much they valued it so again if you have the ability to donate the uh, link will be at the bottom of the page click donate Um, if you have any questions the reps there know exactly what's going on so if you have questions give them a call and they will get you squared away or you can send an email or hit uh, Dave Deckard up on Twitter and uh, we'll get you dialed in that way Uh, for Tara for Corbin thanks for joining us I'm Dan we'll go ahead and catch you guys next time remember you can find us on Stitcher on iTunes everywhere else for your podcast needs we are part of the Almighty Baller Radio Network and we'll catch you next time